What is up, everybody? My name is James DeFiore, and welcome to Blackballed. We have an awesome guest today. He is part of the Dean Blundell ecosystem here at the Dean Blundell Network. And um, he has a podcast called That Nerd Dad. I really like his branding, so I'm going to show. I don't know why. It's simple, almost like elegant parenting. He's parenting pop culture and politics. He's pop culture and politics dad. And, um, you know, we're going to see how, how that's going. Talk about problem children. Joe Williamson, a.k.a. Nerd Dad. What are, what are you doing, buddy? What's going on? Nothing. I, uh, I love your intro music. Holy shit. I was just like, mm-mm. Like, I was feeling yeah. it. It's good stuff. See, if you, if you lift, if you borrow dope-ass instrumentals from completely unknown people, YouTube won't take it down, and then you can forge relationships with those people that you've already stolen from. <laughs> so that's, that's really what I do. I, li- I literally do that. I, I'll make a whole track, and I'll be like, oh. So I'll email the guy. I'm like, hey, um, Attached is uh, a track that you made and inspired the lyrics that go on top of it. Can we work something out? <laughs> kind of thing. And usually they're like, yeah, yeah, we can, because I'm from Norway, and no one gets it here. So no one knows what I do. Um, dude, yeah, I've been, um, I've been watching you for what a year now or so, um, personally and watching, uh, and I wanted to make sure this interview is like, not serious, but I didn't want to like make it go off the rails or anything like that. So, um, you know, we're watching you do this podcast. You're, you're like a parenting guy. You're so likable. So I guess my first question is why the fuck are you making it so hard for the rest of us dads? Um, I uh, I have my wife to thank. She tells me what to do, and I, I listen. Right away, you throw your wife under the bus. <laughs> no, well, my man. <laughs> I'm saying she makes me a a better parent. Uh, listening to her and her her guidance has helped me. So, uh, is she in the room? No, she's not. She's got a gun to my head, but it's it's uh, it's like a scope thing. I can't. She's not actually in the room though. She's got a gun to my head, but it's really just a lawyer. <laughs> It's, it's fine. Those divorce papers are half signed, just waiting for me. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, the intro music, by the way, was because uh, of an homage to um, our favorite music. So the last time, when I was on your podcast, I, I kind of derailed everything and just talked about <laughs> hip-hop for like 27 out of the 30 minutes. And um, I wanted you to have the same opportunity. No, I, I want to know what it was like to grow up in Scarborough and like country music, because I grew up in Whitby. And Scarborough people, by the way, in case you forget what they look like, in the 90s, they look like this. Yeah. Yeah, you're the guy who jumped me. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly right. But yes, but he also found out, that guy that jumped you, what kind of music he listened to. But for real, though, like, were you all alone? Uh, In terms of my my, my like of country music, yeah, I'm still all alone. Um, None of my friends really listen to country music. Growing up in Scarborough, though, in general, um, I, I, I'm not joking when I say I was jumped twice, uh, two different times, uh, two separate occasions. Uh, once they threatened to pull a gun on me and uh, once they just beat the piss out of me. Um, and it was because I was a tiny kid. Uh, I was up until grade 12. I was five foot two, 100 pounds soaking wet. So I was uh, I was easy target. And uh, they targeted me. <laughs> You grew like eight inches between, like after you were 17 years old. Yeah. And I put on, I mean, now I'm 230 pounds, right? Like I put on a shit ton of weight. So now I'm a little cube. Uh, But back then I was an easy target. So yeah. 
people always talk about like uh, if 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 you could go, like go and beat the shit out of your bully, but I'm like that's not really fair. You should be allowed to beat the shit out of his kids, shouldn't you? <laughs> Nerd dad, give his kids a wedgie. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Well, that that is the ultimate vengeance. That is like the coldest dish of revenge ever. Yeah. You just start bullying your bully's kid. I don't know. There's something poetic about it. That kid probably doesn't stand a chance anyways. So you might as well use well, him as a prop. Yeah, know. or train my kid to become a fighter and then pick his kid. Like it'd become like a yeah, like a tale of vengeance kind of thing. Um, what is it about about parenting that can summon someone to create a whole podcast built around? I mean, I I, I think I understand the the answer. I just want to know from your personal perspective though, because parenting is so much of a day to day fluidity that I I am. I feel like we all just make it up as we go along. And anytime I try to a system that's been recommended by experts, it's like, I don't know. These experts must be working on kids that are like nice. Yeah. Like good kids. No, <laughs> yeah, the like good. why I was drawn to the idea of talking about parenting is um, just that it's, it's a universal topic, but it's also incredibly like individual. So, um, you know, when I had brittle star on my show, uh, I talked to him about the idea of parenting uh, when he was a social media phenomenon and having going viral when your kids are in middle school. What was that like? Um, when I had Amber Mack on, we talked about the idea of having technology be a part of your life without dominating your life. Um, and when I talked to you, you know, we talked the idea about someone who who uses drugs um, and has two kids at home. And it's just like every parent has a story. Oh, you fucking <laughs> What? If you're just tuning in, we're joined by Joe Williamson, a.k.a. That Nerd Dad, who has just compared my drug use in the house where children are present to other good parenting skills that we all just have to navigate. <laughs> no, shut up. You know what I mean? Because it's, it's, all, it's all about, like, your individual perspective. I've talked to parents who have gone through messy divorces, and we talk about how they talk to their kids about that. And, and it's not all... It's not all good. It's like everyone has their story to tell. And how do you balance yourself with your parenting style? So I think it's in kind of a, it's a limitless well. Um, because when you're listening to another parent talk, uh, and typically in these podcast settings, they're a little more candid, a little more open than if you were just shooting the shit around the water cooler. Um, mm. You're going to pick up on something you might be able to relate to and go, ah, shit, that's what I'm going through too. And not something you would necessarily normally hear at work or at the soccer field when parents are just kind of shooting the shit. Yeah, no, that's, to that's totally fair. Um, and I, I was a stay-at-home dad for a year um, when my son was uh, between one and two. And my wife had a really good job. Um, she, she's like a big-time researcher person. And um, we were living in Toronto. And so I didn't... I was a writer and surprisingly, I didn't have a very good job. I just, you know, I don't know. So I was working basically at a restaurant and, uh, and so I would like be um, single dad guy. And I actually like got made fun of by like um, men who were like in their sixties. Hey, Mr. Mom, like, like really like that kind of stuff. Cause they'd see me every day and I'd be like, Hey, fuck face. Like, like, you know what I mean? Like, I didn't, I didn't understand what the mockery was for. I thought we had turned the page and all that kind of shit. No, we and, haven't turned um, the page. Yeah. And, and, and I got to tell you, I liked it a lot. I like being a stay at home dad. I couldn't do it. 
I, I, I no? honestly couldn't like I I uh I don't have the the demeanor or temperament to deal with kids all day long. Um, I think for for like a minute in my career in my life, I was thinking maybe become a teacher because that's like everyone's fallback plan. Oh, I'll become a teacher. Um, <laughs> and then, then uh, I even thought about it a couple times. Yeah, it's it's just like it feels like it feels like something you could do. Um, I think then, a lot of kids. Apparently, I'm told that a lot of kids that are class clowns and they're kind of bad like that in school often grow up to be teachers. I believe it, but yeah. you, well, because you have an audience. Right. You have an audience. Uh, hopefully you're imparting some wisdom. And if you're a class clown like I was and it kind of fucks with your head a little bit in terms of you're like, oh, I'm going to prove to them that I'm not just an idiot. Yeah. <laughs> and you, I will teach others. That'll that'll. Um, yeah, no, that, that that's funny. They that say that because uh, it's it, the mind of a class clown is is pretty. It's kind of like the mind of a comic. You know, like you got to read the room. You got to see, sure. like, sometimes I would see, like, who needs cheering up. Sometimes I would see, look at the guy that, you know, I, I didn't like that much and see, like, anything I could mock him for, you know? And then, or if the teacher was in a bad mood and you got to pick your spots. <laughs> Comics are like that. Comics, like, will read the room. They don't like it when another class clown or another comedian, like, steps on their momentum, <laughs> all that stuff. Oh, when I used to do stand up, uh, like, open mics and shit like that, if the guy ahead of you killed, you were screwed. You were, you're like, oh, well. I can't follow really? that. I'm, I'm dead, dead in the water. I, you might, you might, some people will say, oh, I'm going to carry that momentum forward. Uh, but far mm. too many uh, are like, well, I can't, I can't top that. I'm not good enough yet to, to top that. Yeah. There's a, there's a Seinfeld episode where that annoying Ovaltine guy, what's with Ovaltine? Shouldn't they call it round teen? <laughs> I think it was Banyan. Like Banya? Yeah. Bannon, I think. And uh, there was an episode where he got on and he's like, see that Jerry, I killed it, Jerry. And he leaves and he's like, of course he killed it. I set it up for him because I killed it. They were happy to applaud anytime anyone went on after me or whatever. But then I've heard other comics say the opposite, where they'll go on tour and they'll bring a guy to open for them. That ain't really all that funny. Like, I mean, he's funny, but he's not like, woo, funny. Yeah, no, it's jealousy. It's jealousy. Uh, yeah. For me, for me, like my sense of humor, my class clowndom became a defense web me mechanism, right? Like, as I said, being oh, yeah. bullied and picked on and shit like that, it was just like, Hey, how can I make it so that guy doesn't want to hurt me? Uh, I know I'll make him laugh. You don't want to hurt the guy who makes you laugh. That's stupid. So, yeah, that's true. You want to, but you would want to hurt the guy you just made laugh. So for you, it's confusing. Oh, of course. Because if I could, I'd push him down the stairs. But I, there's I a weird Stockholm syndrome that happens with bullies and the people they bully. Because the people they bully end up wanting to sort of impress them sometimes. So they won't get picked on, but also they seek their approval, right? And that's where bullying really impacts kids, I think. It's like, like you, you're seeking the approval, little Johnny, of, you know, Nelson, who's like three years older than you and just a horrible kid, you know? But you want to sit at the <laughs> like, cool kid's table. You yeah. want to sit at the cool kid's table and they're the cool kid. So that's what you want to do. Yeah, I don't know. I, I'm, I'm dread not dreading, but I, I'm still sort of working out the script. Or maybe I should say, I'm already working out the script of what I'm going to talk to my kids about when they get to high school and how yeah. I'm going to like navigate that. Because like, I don't want to seem like the cool uncle. Okay. <laughs> you know what I mean? When I'm talking, <laughs> when I'm talking, you know, the cool uncle always has liberties where they don't have to follow it up with like the after school special finality of don't do drugs. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and I'm going to be sitting there like with mountains of weed and shrooms behind me going, now kids, <laughs> talk to daddy. <laughs> You guys don't want to be doing any of these drugs. I mean, y yes, I have pounds and pounds of it, but that's just 
They're just decorative pieces. You know, they've been there your whole lives. I you shit on me just a minute ago for bringing that exact topic up. <laughs> I know. I know. Well, you opened the door. You know, now I, I got to use it. I, I gave <laughs> it to you. I, uh, but high school is going to be changed by then. I mean, you and I didn't go through it where we were bullied online. All my shit was face to face. I like being bullied online. It's just a different context now. Oh, I, sorry. I thought we were still. <laughs> I, I can't imagine like I got mental issues to begin with right my therapist and I have a, a good chat well, you came to the weeks. right place Joe yeah exactly I, my therapist and I have a good chat every few weeks uh I can't imagine being a teenager having to handle that kind of shit uh sometimes the, the things I write for Dean Blundell will say I'll get a comment like oh go kill yourself and you're like cool I'm an adult I'm gonna go cry I can't imagine being 13 <laughs> years old and someone I like or someone I admire telling me to go kill myself because of some snarky comment. It would destroy me. Yeah. I remember the stinging of anxiety that I'd get when someone would hand me a note, you know? Oh God. And just that moment from like accepting the note to opening it and all the shit that's going through your head. Someone challenged me to a fight. Maybe it's a girl and she likes me. Maybe it's one of those things where you have the phone number and she wants you to fill in the spaces and nope, that your fucking underwear is showing. And you have a hole in your jogging pants crotch. So, you know, like, like this is the, the, the kid that had no internet was still riddled with anxiety because of like all the stuff that happens in kid culture. And then you add the internet to that. Like, I'm just, so, uh, yeah, go ahead. I want to turn the interview on you now. Cause I'm curious. I'm gonna turn this into my show. Uh, oh, sure. Go ahead. Hold on. I don't know. How, see, it would be good. Chris, if you're listening, I would love to flip the screen now, but I don't know how. So. <laughs> the, the, the anxiety uh, that you uh, you have suffered with, uh, is that something that you see in your kids? Could you see it? You're, are you like, that one I'm going to have to keep an eye on, or that one I need to um, get into therapy? I'm not sure, because the I didn't even know what anxiety was until okay. like, until like, I don't know, maybe even like after high school, maybe I was like 19, 20 when I realized what it was. Um, which is funny because I used to write poetry for my teachers and it'd be like all, of, all about the butterflies in my stomach. They have fangs and they're trying That's, to get out. And uh, their teachers were probably just like very creative, James. I like the imagery. Like, you know, but no one was ever like, are you going through any anxiety? Like no one ever said that to me. <laughs> just floating around fucking <laughs> for like six years in high school. Yeah, six years. Um, you know, and... Uh, yeah, I don't know. It's 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 a weird it's a weird thing to like even like try to broach um, because sometimes kids are shy and it's not about anxiety. They're mm -hmm. just shy. shy. So I think my daughter is shy right now, um, and I think my son could probably use a little bit of anxiety. <laughs> okay, a little little too brave. <laughs> he is like, I kind of love it because I know it comes from my blood, right? Because like, but he's just so. I'll fucking say anything and I will tell you jokes forever. And hey, guitar teacher, how's it going? Da 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 da. Like, and he just, he kind of just won't shut the fuck up, but he's like interesting. He has interesting shit to say. Except when he doesn't. <laughs> when he doesn't, he'll literally like put a bunch of stuff like blocks or, you know, he'll make something. And let's say it's made out of like 19 pieces. He'll come up and he'll be like, Daddy, can I show you how I made my that thing over there? And I'll be like, sure. He's like, it's got 19 pieces. So I'm going to take it apart. And then I'm going to explain each piece as I place it like that. It's like 45 minutes. Mm -hmm. So I'm like, son, you got to speed this up. You got to trim the fat. So now he knows what trim the fat means. 
You're trying so, to like teach them how to trim it down, make it a you know presentable project. <laughs> digestible. I had to teach them that word too. I'm like, we have to be able to digest your content. And if we're going to do that, you got to shrink it down because attention spans are, are not good. It's like, how old what's an attention you know? span? How old is your son? <laughs> Seven. All right, so you're getting him a YouTube channel, it sounds like. Sounds like you're prepping him <laughs> for his life as a him... content creator. Yeah. There's a whole bunch of stuff that I, I wish I knew when I was his age. And I am taking as much of that as I can, and I'm trying to give it to him. For example, his favorite kid show, Wild Kratz. Used Never to be his favorite kid show, anyways. Um, just like two guys that uh, turn into cartoons, and they oh. have creature powers and stuff. I have heard of yeah. it, yes. And... um. So I started talking to him. I'm like, you like the show? He's like, yeah. What do you like about the show? This and that. So I found a behind the scenes of how, of how they make an episode of Wild Kratz so mm-hmm. that he understands that he's watching this, but that there's a whole world going on around him of like technicians and producers and writers and camera people and light people and this and that. So that his mind will think about that because, you know, I didn't think about that shit, honestly, until I was like 22. You know, I want to give him a head start, I think is what I'm saying. Hi, I'm Steve Yurko. And I'm Tara Sands. Now available from Maji Media is our new podcast, Four Kids Flashback. Four Kids is the company who brought you the English dub of Pokemon in the late 90s and so many other shows like Yu-Gi-Oh!, Shaman King, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, Kirby, the infamous One Piece dub, and so many more. We'll be talking to the people who worked at 4Kids. Actors, directors, writers, editors, producers, engineers, you get the point. And hopefully get the answers to questions both you and I have about the company. I actually worked there as a voice actor on some of the shows. And I was a kid watching the shows and remember way more than Tara does. And thank God for that. Steve is actually a professional storyboard artist, which gives some really unique insights into anime and animation. Subscribe today wherever you get your podcasts. That's the number four kids flashback. Have you ever thought, I'd love to have a podcast just like this one? Well, I can help. My name is Matt Kundal, and everyone at my company, the Sound Off Podcast Network, had a hand in making this show. Whether it was about the sound, the discoverability, or that you're just enjoying the show, we are all about the detail. If you think you have a podcast in you, reach out to me via email, matt at soundoff.network. Or check out the website and become one of the great podcasts we work with at soundoff.network. Sounds like you want to be a good dad. That's you always know just the, yeah, I I, but it is. <laughs> I do. I really <laughs> you're, do. You're trying to trying to expose them to shit and give them a head start because we're all trying to do yeah. better than our parents. Yeah, I mean, I, yeah, yeah. I mean, I I can't say it better than that. Unfortunately, I do have this thing where it's like, for me, be maybe being a good dad is just making sure I spend just enough time with them, but not too much, where I rub my flaws onto them. <laughs> <laughs> That uh, uh, I am not Dr. Phil, but I would talk to my therapist about that comment. That oh, one I have. and uh, that yeah. one and uh, I used to write poetry for my teachers. I, I'd probably explore that one a little bit further as well. No, no, no. I used to write poetry like for English class, and my teacher must have read it and not deciphered the code of vampire. I need help. <laughs> yeah, yeah. This is a cry for help. Here you go. And, and and James, well done. I gave you an A because extra creative points for writing the whole thing in blood. Well done, sir. It's like, thanks. What about help? Okay, we'll see you tomorrow. Yeah. <laughs> you know, Guidance counselors down the hall, they can't help either. <laughs> yeah. Was your school rough? Was your high school rough? Uh, 
it was for some. I, I don't know. I always remember the idea. Like I used to hear it, but I never actually saw it. Uh, my high school. I you know, uh, kind of minor stuff. Interesting. The, hmm. the 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 and again, I think this was just me trying to lay low. Um, but I always found that the people who were kind of younger but trying to be popular were the ones who got it the worst. I wasn't trying to be popular. I was trying to survive. Uh, I was on the, uh, I, I found my, my crew, uh, my, my group of nerds um, in the business club. And that's, I settled wow. in there. I was, that is with, a with, good place to go nerd hunting. I must I, say you did a fantastic <laughs> job scouting locations. I remember, I remember, I remember the tagline for the, uh, the promo uh, on the uh, school PA announcer. I was like, Join the business club. 10,000 students worldwide can't be wrong. And I was like, 10,000 students can't be wrong. I will, <laughs> I will attend that. Uh, and I, I got there and I was like looking around. I'm like, I do not stand out too much in this group. I think I can fit right in here. Uh, and, and, and that became my niche. I became, I became the business club guy because I was a little more outgoing. I was a little more comedic than some of the other business nerds. Um, and the, the business teacher took a shine to me. And uh, and that became my little home in high school where I could hide out. So that was me. That that must have been awesome. Like you were the inventor of the safe space in a way. Uh, it, it, I was. It was like, okay, we need someone to do a presentation. Okay, Joe. Please get send up all there. your hate mail to Joe Williamson for, okay. for creating the safe space. No, it's good. <laughs> no, that's what. That's actually what safe safe spaces are are meant for. Is stuff like that. Um, yeah. Yeah. I, I want to know, like, your relation, the relationship that you're in now. You've been in basically for your entire adult life right yeah grade 11 grade 12 something like that yeah same with lachlan okay so is that the secret like you find them you hold on you hope that they like you and, and you, you, you don't just, give them any other options and you live <laughs> con somewhat content ever after except for a bunch of parts is that is that it, the idea it, i don't it's not the secret i mean like I, I, I got lucky and uh, I think I also had um, my parents example. My parents grew up across the street from each other. So like that was the example that I had in my house. My household was you find someone young and happily ever after yeah. follows. <laughs> right? Yeah. Uh, Get him and, young, Joe. Yeah. And in and, yeah. and, and grade 11, um, it, I think it was grade 11, may have been grade 12. Um, and I, she won't be mad if she hears this because she won't remember either. Uh, we both ended up having a spare period together. And that was the thing. It was just like, and we didn't know anyone else better. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? It was like our options <laughs> to hang settling. out. settling. Yeah. We were kind of like, <laughs> okay, I know them a little bit. And we started mm -hmm. to hang out with each other. And that was, that was kind of it. Uh, we got to know each other better over that, that spare period. And, uh, it kind of went from there. It hasn't been all ups and downs. It hasn't been all ups. It's been ups and downs, but uh, I mean, so far so good. Some 20 years later. Yeah. Uh, I, I admire it. I, I, I joke a lot. Way too much. I'm that asking my like jokes. Yeah. No, no, I joke too much. Um, But okay. I, I think, I think there's something um about, you know, I don't know what it is like maturing with someone. So they knew you kind of like on both sides they knew you kind of as an older child, I guess, for lack of better words, and now they know you as an adult. Um, I know that this is going to sound ridiculous, but like the, the fact your your frontal cortexes weren't developed when you met, and then 
got developed and then you're like 24, 25 or something and you stayed together, even though all of the neurological and physiological and hormonal changes that you got, I don't know what I find so remarkable about that. Maybe it's because well, I'm, tr I'm trying not to look at it through my lens of debauchery and like, how do you have fun? Like, <laughs> where, do you, where do you sow these oats? Anyways, like, how does that it, work? You know, it wasn't, but some people shouldn't, I guess. Like, she saw me uh, go through my worst version of depression and anxiety when I was um, like, looking back on those years, I'm like, I wasn't fun. Like, why, why would you stay with me, uh, during those moments? Because like, yeah, it was fine, but I don't think it was fun for her. Um, but she still, she stuck with it and that I went out and I, I got the help I needed and I, I talked to the right people and I got the right medication and I, I got my head on straight. And the version of me that I am today would kick the 10 year ago version of my ass if he had the chance. Cause he would have told him to smarten up sooner so you can enjoy your life better. Um, but That's even now, growth. yeah, well, I mean, even now though, we talk about like the world's a hot place, right. In terms of, you know, every topic gets divided into extreme left, extreme right. Um, yep. and, and you see, and especially in the last two years, you've seen couples break up because they, you know, one person starts to go a little squirrely. One person starts to break off. Um, we never really broke off in terms of uh, our, our development. We both kind of kept leaning the same direction uh, for political, for for uh, uh, how we spend money, for religious. Um, when I first met her, her her brother was pretty religious, and even though she wasn't that religious, she she had a, a probably a lean that direction. Uh, and Jesus I was, fear, I call that Jesus fear. And I was far the <laughs> other direction. I was already yeah. gone uh, in terms of giving mm. up on the whole thing and she kind of steered with me that direction but when it came to being conservative with money i kind of steered more her direction because i was just spending money and she was a little more conservative with her money so we've kind of been able to steer it around together and that's mm -hmm. that's been the key for us i uh, well listen I, I i grew up all of my friends came from homes that were divorced or just had a shitty father you know what i mean like yep. it, it feels like it, it yeah it, it was just a, that kind of upbringing so people staying together um, which I actually like, the, there's something I value about that above all else when it comes to kids, you know, like when it comes to their development, if you look at the stats, it's not really talking about causation because every individual couple is going to be a little bit different about circumstances and all that. But just from a percentage standpoint, you grow up with a, a household with two parents versus splitting your time. It's like you're three times more likely to like you know, and be unemployed chronically when you're older, you're three times more likely to be depressed when you're older, this, that, and the other thing. Like, it's just, I, I think that, that parents should be like, okay, you know, if we're not going to be together, then we're not going to be together, but let's stay here, not fight in front of the kids, which is the most important thing. Hopefully they're capable of it and give these kids a shot of realizing their full potential. You know, I think, the, I think that's where co-parenting comes in. You know, when I talk to uh, people who are, unhappily married and they're saying i'm only staying together for the kid uh the the kid is still turning out the same way as if the parents were separated because they feel mm -hmm. it right the kid they're not dumb even though the the argument isn't necessarily happening in front of them uh they know that dad isn't as attentive as he used to be or mom isn't as uh cuddly as an affectionate as they used to be and i think they feel that so uh, I, I, sometimes I mean, they don't know half of the heinous shit the mom oh does. for sure they don't for sure and i'm you know i'm probably better they off have knowing such good all branding. 
I'm not. I'm better off not knowing the details of my parents' marriage, and my kids will be better off not knowing the details of mine. Um, yeah. I would because... be better off not knowing the details of my own marriage. So not exactly. <laughs> Like if I can get a sub for mine, that'd be great. Um, (laughs) But, but that's, that's what it boils down to, man. It's, it's, and when I, when I talk on my show and I talk to people who have gone through divorce, I, I, the thing I talk about them with is when did you decide that kind of, it was better for you because you knew you could be a better parent if you just made the clean break. Because I think that's that's what they're trying to do for the parent, the the couples that go through divorce is they reach a point where they say, "I'm not a great parent, and I won't be unless I move on from this." Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a very very huge point. It's like, um, so you don't fall down those like pitfalls of of how of trying to get over somebody. You yeah, know, and you, you can distract your, yourself from all that shit with being a good dad or a mom. Yeah, that's and look, I'm I'm giving I'm painting the most optimistic version of this as humanly possible, you are. and not <laughs> and not not just I need to get away from this person for me and fuck these kids. Like that yeah. happens too, but yeah, in a in a in a perfect world, um, in, in an ideal situation, if a marriage if a relationship needs to end, it's with the children in mind, and that's yeah that yeah that's a good point. Um, you know. As someone who has had tumultuous relationships, to say the least, it uh, it does add a veneer of positive of of, of of positivity of how you can traverse the waters of the separation, which uh, should be happening any day. <laughs> <laughs> All right, um, listen. Uh, thank. I know that you have to run. Um, I wanted to just show you this because uh, do you remember this even? Oh yeah, this was our first appearance together. I, I, I must be getting old because I don't remember this. All I know is that podcasts, even from like a year ago, now look like they're from the seventies somehow. Even though they're so, in podcast, I was recording off of my cell phone. I was in a different office. Um, uh, you, I think, were out to lunch. Uh, and was and I drunk or on shrooms or something? Probably. And Dwayne, no, I wasn't drunk because uh, it was twenty twenty. And Dwayne was yeah. yelling a lot. Oh, um, and as you can tell my, by deme- my demeanor, uh, I kind of fell by the wayside there. <laughs> I remember now. He was like the rain man of the Buffalo Bills or something. And it He was still is. Great, a great yeah. podcast if you're into that. I'm not really a big yeah. hockey guy. But what, what about the into... punting percentage in second quarter situations? I have a whole list of things I could read. Sorry. I should have been <laughs> but, but that's what but I remember. It was a, it was a weird combination, uh, the three of us. And uh, yeah. being my first appearance on the Dean Blundell show, uh, could have gone better for me. But uh, I did also I was... insult you? Because if I didn't, no, then I wasn't all. on my game that day. Oh, then I wasn't. No, on my no, game. no. It wasn't. <laughs> wasn't. Wasn't an insulting thing. It was just like I do not have uh, the fortitude to go toe to toe with these three individuals. Uh, I'm not sure I, I, I could you, today. Oh, you bastard! You waited till one minute left in the show, so I couldn't roast you for the next ten minutes. For that fortitude? whole self-deprecation shit that I hate. I know. I, I look. I, Joe is one of those people that that, that loves uh, to be. Let's just start out sentences like, you know, I I'm a babe in the woods, really, when it comes to this stuff, and, and you're just completely outmatched intellectually. But uh, stop. I'm not. I'm you're not. Outma- s- you guys would out yell me. That was oh. <laughs> that. Oh. You, you guys would out yell me. <laughs> well, then carry on, then, sir. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, have, buddy. Yeah, man. Anyways, I have no, I have avoided the self-deprecating stuff for your benefit, uh, but. Um, 
yeah, mostly for group... yours though. What? Mostly for Who's yours. For mine? Nah. People watch you and they don't want you to hear you say that because they already watch you. Now you're insulting them by making them feel like they're watching a guy who's got to tell everyone that he's not smart or something, whatever it is. Don't do that. You're fucking awesome is what I'm saying. If I was a James. gay man, I would probably make out with you if you shaved your beard. It's the uh, the bald head ball cap show. That's, that's oh, imagine rubbing our heads together. That would be kind oh, of erotic, so, wouldn't uh, it? Only fans. <laughs> here we come. Yeah. Okay. Uh, <clears throat> I mean, the best... <laughs> OnlyFans, welcome Nerd Dad. That'd be a hard cross-promotional thing to pull off. Not impossible, though. I'm sure there's a market. That Nerd Dad, Joe Williamson, thanks for thanks for joining us here on Blockball, Joe. Appreciate it. Oh, a fancy show. I know. I appreciate yeah. it. Thanks, buddy. No, we're not fancy. I yeah, appreciate it, buddy. We'll see you soon. Okay. That Nerd Dad. And we actually paid such an homage to Joe today that um, it's going to be a half-hour show. Joe was only available for half an hour, but I thought it was fitting just to keep it that way anyways. I might start going the shorter show route. Um, contact me if you think that's a good way to go because some people like it when I just sit there and blab. I don't know why. I'm not one of them, though. And yet, I can do it for hours and hours. <laughs> Thanks to Joe Williamson. Uh, we have Fat Al on Thursday from God Made Me Funky. That'll be fun. And tomorrow, mystery guest. All right, guys. We'll see you soon. The Podcast Super Friends is a monthly meeting of five podcast producers. Hi, I'm Catherine O'Brien from Branch Out Programs in Baton Rouge, Louisiana. I'm John Gay from Jagged Detroit Podcasts. I'm Matt Cundell from the Sound Off Podcast Network. I'm David Yes from Pod 617, the Boston Podcast Network. And I'm Johnny Peterson from Straight Up Podcasts. Together, they form the Podcast Super Friends, an alliance of podcast masterminds sharing best practices, insights, and discussions to help make you a better podcaster. Follow or subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, or at soundoff.network. Kids. I'm your eager beaver. And I'm Mr. Grizzly. If you love politics or hate politics, then have we, we the perfect, perfect podcast for you. The True North Eager Beaver. Incisive political commentary. We keep you up to date and give you the political and media literacy you seek. To help you cut through the bovine fecal matter. Facts first. Sound analysis. Sometimes I growl. Sometimes I sass. We impart civics and build community. And we share some laughs along the way. Being informed and engaged has never been more fabulous. Or sexy. Catch us on, on the Dean Blundell Network. Network. Or on our YouTube channel. Or wherever you get your podcasts. Because, because democracy, democracy is, is something, something you do. do.